Welcome to week 13 of the Toronto on Tilt football podcast. I'm Steve Artabello with Anthony Harris and Theo Giordano. Yeah, almost forgot Anthony's name there. That almost happened. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> you can find our website, torontoontilt.com. You can find us on Twitter at Toronto on Tilt. You can find the video of this podcast on YouTube, Toronto on Tilt. You can find the audio on every single streaming service that you could possibly imagine at this point. Google, Spotify, Apple, Breaker, Anchor, Bleaker, all the things that I don't even know because there's this massive list and who knows and who cares. But if you listen to us on a podcast service, you can find us. All right. You can like, comment, subscribe, share. Uh, We'll get to Theo's picks and Tony's picks and... My atrocious losing streak at this point, which is painful, real fucking painful. But some good news. Uh, I'm gonna throw it over to Theo here for uh, some legal changes to gambling laws in Canada, specifically in Ontario, where we record this podcast. Well, speaking of legal stuff, for some reason Skype just told me make yeah. sure you remind people that you're recording them so you don't get in legal trouble. So just so you know. I'm recording you guys. Well, I mean, it does It does also say, like, Theo is recording the call. Like, I can see that. But... Oh, it does? Okay. That's the first time I've ever seen it pop up, so. No, I, I've known for weeks that you've been recording thing. our calls. That's good. I, that's, yeah, makes sense. I uh, mean, yeah, it's, I, I open normal phone calls with that fucking little spiel at the <laughs> at the beginning. That's not just how I, like, answer my phone. Just like Well, that's the only difference. Steve, actually, anytime we, we see Steve, he just brings up all the places you can hear the podcast. Yeah. First, it says every time wants us to know. Yeah. Uh, but we got to get into some big news. Some yes. big news in Canada. Finally, we've waited how many years for legalization of single game sports betting in this country? Fuck you of the week. I'm already going to put mine out there. Pro line, your pro line parlays. Go fuck yourselves. Oh. We discussed it week one. It was the first topic on this show because of how disgusting the odds are for those, how they don't allow single-game bets, and how now we are seeing how much money OLG is losing from these illegal markets, these foreign markets on gambling. And now we we now have a bill proposed in, in a legislation to make single-game betting in Canada legal. Uh, it'll be province by province. We're in Ontario, so we'll probably get it pretty quickly because our yeah. government needs to be all aboard. The Ontario so government said that... Um, they're going to do it like the second it's available it will be enacted in ontario so that's if the current conservatives are still in power as it happens that's a whole different thing i mean we could get into it politically but i don't think people listen to us for politics uh but yeah that's a positive thing if this comes down it just means that i mean it's not like any of this is really illegal it's just i guess frowned upon because technically it's fine like because these places are situated not in Canada. You know what I mean? Like the, for example, bet three, six, five is in the UK. Like, because they're not in the country and you're placing them, it's all right. It's, it's a whole weird freaking thing where it's technically illegal, but it's not, but it is, but whatever. They all advertise on like Canadian media. It's, you can't be illegal and advertise. That's that's what I mean. Like you hear a Bodog commercial on every radio station. Like you hear them on the major ones in Toronto. Like you hear them on TSM and Sportsnet. You see them on TV in Canada and not the the American channels that we get. You see them on Canadian channels. Like, yeah. It's just finally moving that's, into the... That's entrapment if they do arrest you for that, technically. This is true. 
But it, it's like I just said, it's it's moving into the 21st century. You know what I mean? Like everyone's doing like it's it's like when we legalize weed. You know what I mean? It's like, OK, everyone's just it, let, let's just bring this out of the dark. And, you know, for the government, let's try to make some money off of it. Now, they failed miserably trying to make money off weed. So we'll see how they 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 fail making money off gambling. It should yeah, be we, impossible, but. Well, yeah, so it's impossible to make money off weed. And they found a way. That's We're exactly- gonna find, Steve mentioned before the show that like how like they're going to fuck up this in some way and it's going to be how they're not going to get an app ready for like five years we're going to have to we're going to have no betting apps for these legal gambling sites and everyone's still going to use the the online stuff but uh you know we'll see how the markets look we'll see what they end up using for lines and if they're soft if they're easy but you know it's a it's a, it's progress for casual gamblers at least exactly moving in the right direction um well, I guess, Theo, I'll just go to you. We'll, we'll, I'll get to mine in a second. How did you do this week? I had a winning week on my own. The picks I gave, a slight loss. But uh, I mentioned last week, I, I think I mentioned on the show, against Sports Interaction, just leaves lines open too long. Uh, once I saw the injury in the Joe Burrow from two weeks ago where he got hurt, I grabbed yep. the Giants when I saw it. Um, because when it reopened, it, it, I, I got it at plus two and a half for the Giants and then reopened. Ended up moving to plus six for the Bengals, so then I grabbed both, and you just you get the middle. That was an easy hit. That didn't count for my record or anything, but it's you know if you bet with sites like that, you only bet like fifty dollars, a hundred dollars a game. It's pretty easy to just take advantage of those. Uh, as far as the bets I did give out, team totals have been good to me this year, but this week they really came back in a in the in the worst way. The, that line's uh, under twenty four. I don't know if you guys are paying attention to how that game ended. Yeah. But the Lions got off to a decent start in offense, and then in the second half, just nothing. The, the, they yeah. couldn't do anything with the ball. The only plays they really got early on was because if the Texans forgot to cover or if it was some fluky play. It came down to the last drive, about five minutes left, garbage time. The game situation's over. The Lions score to get to 23. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to get a push here, whatever. Didn't even think of the two points, but... With the way the game was, if they got a two-point conversion, would have made it a two-score game. They went for two, got it, made it 25. Fuck Matt Patricia. Fuck everyone. I'm glad he's fired. It, it was a really, really tough loss there. I should have just laid the points with the Texans. That was a big mistake on my end. Um, Atlanta plus three. Me and Anthony's Atlanta Falcons. Steve is not allowed this week to cheer for the Atlanta Falcons. because I did not make fun of them for this bet because I was like, uh, Gurley's not looking good and julio's not like uh, good luck boys forgetting about the elite atlanta falcons defense steve that's what you forgot about. The, the atlanta defense has been they look great i will i will admit like as much they, they are my team and they've been really annoying this year to watch but yeah the defense this like they've looked a lot better since they fired dan quinn yeah, it seems like I've been squatting on this take for a while on that Atlanta defense, and it finally turned out to, you know, gave me a nice winner. And it was more of an Oakland fade than Atlanta play. Like, the way the line moved was really ridiculous. Like, you had a, a pick them, and, and then once the Raiders game happened with uh, Kansas City, everyone's jumping on the Raiders. Like, oh, look at how good that offense looks. Like, you really needed that game to prove you that their offense has been good. Their offense has been the same all year, pretty much, other than last week. And they didn't and even win the game. They lost. No, and they just they played a good offensive game, which they've done all year, and everyone just decided to overreact to that. It was a strict numbers play, and it, it turned out to be you know the worst game the Raiders could possibly play and the, the best game Atlanta could play. So that worked out really well. Uh, yeah, Panthers team, like Atlanta would do. 
seven and nine and eight. Seven and nine. We told you this. Just when everyone thinks they're gonna lose, they win. When everyone thinks they're gonna win, they lose. That's yeah. Eagles know how to tank. Atlanta, you know, they're gonna go seven. Enjoy the sixteenth pick and draft a second round safety. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) You're a Bills guy now, anyway. I like pain, apparently. Uh, the next one, Carolina. This one I didn't deserve to win, so this my Lions one. Carolina Panthers team over 23 and a half. Oh. So that one was just like, I've never seen luck in my favor like that. Two defensive touchdowns outside of half by the same player on back-to-back plays. Was insane. Unbelievable. Um, and it, well, that, that not only have I never seen anything like that, that, not only have I never seen anything like that happen before, because I can speak English. That was a record that had literally never happened. No one had ever scored two fumble returns in a 10-second gameplay clock span ever. No. And, and they needed it, too, because the offense early, they had, like, the turnovers in the red zone, the missed kick, and it's like Teddy didn't look right. That They, they looked like they really needed McCaffrey that game. And yeah. I was kind of drawn to, like, okay, they're not going to get the points. And then those two touchdowns happened, and it's like, holy shit, this is, like, a blessing right now. Yep. Um, hopefully McCaffrey's back after the bye, but – that was a good hit. The, the spread also hit for that, so you couldn't have gone wrong either way there. Uh, the next one, you could have gone wrong. The L.A. Chargers, my favorite play of the week. I, I Ow. Again, the bad coaching is one thing. I can, I can deal with Pete Carroll. I can deal with bad play calling. What Anthony Lynn did was one of the worst things I've ever seen on a football field at the end of that football game. I don't really want to recover because everyone in the world has talked about it. Everyone in the world has discussed how stupid he is and how he's going to get fired. And, you know, it, it's just, you know, every time you see the numbers for the Chargers, you see the numbers, these are too high against them. And it's still, the, this, the LA Chargers just, they cannot do anything at the end of the games. And they I always have, lose by, like, this much. Like, I, the whole, the way the game goes, it's like, oh, wow, they're in. Like, they should, def- they're definitely going to cover, you know, and then, <laughs> It's part of the reason I don't think he's going to get fired. Like, I could see, because I heard this argument made, and I don't agree with it, but I could see this is how the Chargers would look at it. They're in all these games with a rookie quarterback who didn't start the season and who didn't really have a training camp. He did it on Zoom. You know what I mean? If they think like that, that, it's their loss, their problem. Oh, exactly, because... Here's the thing. You can give him credit for that, but how much of that is actually Anthony Lynn when you see the play calling, and how much of that is Herbert's just that good? You know what I mean? These same problems existed last year, too. Exactly. That's that's why I don't think he should get the benefit of the doubt, but I heard that argument made, and I could see how they might do it because, I mean, the Chargers are a mess of an organization. We talked about how they're the same. Different quarterbacks, different players, like all-star, Hall of Fame players, Hall of Fame coaches, and like Marty Schottenheimer, they've had really good. They always choke, and they always fail. So. Yeah, it's really sad. I like but hey, start. wait until we get to my picks, because I'm, you know, real great with trusting teams like this. Yeah, we'll get to that much. now, actually. So I also had another one where I took team total instead of the game was Tampa Bay. I had the over 50, 25 and a half. I, I, would get, I was talking about three and a half on the podcast. I missed three and a half. Started looking deeper. I'm like, you know, I don't want to deal with, with Patrick Mahomes just, just backdooring this or, or just doing something where the defense on Tampa can't keep up. 
and it turned out to be where the team total wasn't really close, but that the, the backdoor cover, which affected one of us very negatively, was yeah. a, uh, was the play that hit. Yeah, of course, because you know that's the type of luck I've had. Tyreek Hill has over 200 yards in the first quarter. They're blowing the Bucks' doors off. The game is not close at really any time. And getting to the fourth quarter, Mike Evans scores a touchdown. Then four minutes left. Mike Evans scores another fucking touchdown. And of course, when I have them at three and a half, they win by three. It was two and a half on the open if it makes you feel better. <sighs> the yeah, worst part was value, it dropped right before, like, Sunday morning. Like, it was down. Like, I think I could have gotten it at two and a half Sunday morning, and I was pissed. But no, I, was, I didn't hit there. I think it hit maybe three with I some juice. It didn't get under three. For a fact, it got the three. But I think I, like, I wake up stupidly early on Sundays to go for runs. So, like, at five in the morning, I think it was two and a half. Well, the British people putting their bets in? Must be. Oh, God. It made me sick. Like, that Mike Evans touchdown literally made me sick. Because four minutes left, you knew it was over. Because the Chiefs weren't going to go down the field and score again. You know what I mean? They were just going to kill the clock. The game was over. And it's just like, you're just sitting there like, I can't fucking believe this. Because, you know, do you have any more picks? Or are you just going to let me just go into this right No, you now? go. I got, that was all I had. Yeah, no. So then the other thing I had was the Cardinals. And, of course, the Cardinals are... They're beating the, like, the Patriots. Look, they can't get over themselves. They're bad. They look really bad in this game. And the Cardinals look pretty good. But Cliff Kingsbury just decided to neuter the offense. Kyler's running around. He's making good plays, but he's clearly not allowed to run. He's clearly not allowed to take off and go unless he can get out of bounds. But whatever. They're winning. It's fine. Patriots score a late touchdown. But it's cool. Kyler leads the drive. Gets them in the field goal range. Zane Gonzalez misses the field goal to put them up three. So it's still tied. And their defense is playing well. Told in the Patriots. Well, Cam makes a, a great rush. And, you know, he's going out of bounds. And Isaiah Simmons lights him up. It's a 15-yard penalty for unnecessary roughness. And on the replay, both of Cam's feet are in bounds. Of course, the Patriots kick a field goal, and they win by three. And that is how I was feeling going into that Kansas City game. And, of course, I get that false sense of security with them just blowing their doors off right off the hop and Tyreek Hill and those two touchdowns and 203 yards, I think it was, and seven receptions in the first quarter. Like, it's fucking Madden or some shit. And then that happens. And then we're here. Wasn't yeah, a hell the, the LA 0-7. and it's painful. Yeah, that's and what we have to. So we have to talk about because I I've owned the fade card for weeks, and I was two and zero this week. So now because of what you've been doing, you have earned the fade card. Yeah, and this week to be honest, like the more like I thought I like these picks, and just like the more I get in my own head, it's probably the thing to do. It's probably the thing to fade me at this moment. And if I yeah, go but, uh, and I might just go play in traffic. We'll see what happens. Well, it, it ha- like so it can be the big card for a bit, and then things can change. So it's we're not past. We're officially 
you're making this official to Anthony's victory lap. You're passing the fade car on to Anthony because every week we tell everyone to fade Anthony, but you know, fair is fair. We got to kind of. It's a cycle. Anyone can get it if you really, if you really lose point, a lot of bets over like, a long period of time. Owen seven, the last three weeks. Okay, the bets I make that I don't bring here don't count, so I'm not bringing any of those up. In what I've brought to the table, I've gone oh for, and I got to live with it, and I'm going to own up to it. You know, yeah, this sucks. It fucking sucks. You can, yeah, you can go ahead and fade me. I guess here, Tony. Let's, let's we got to give Anthony pick. take your victory your lap. Week and then, or what were what were your picks last week? How did it go? And then I guess we'll move on to our picks this week. Well, it went went very well. My Atlanta Falcons just dominated the Raiders. We talked about it already. I love the Falcons. I love the organization. Great uniforms. Matt Ryan is awesome and the best defense in the NFL. How can you not like that team? Uh, then my other bet was uh, Monday night, the Seattle Seahawks. If I say I've been Seattle Seahawks, you might think, oh wow, how, you didn't win. You lost like everyone else. But nope, I got closing line value during the week i got it at five points last week on the show and it was uh it was very close because of that late that late touchdown but i was i was comfortable by the final drive because there was no way they could cover the five points so clc hawks even though they they scared me a little bit it was a win so two and oh um i've won three of five now three in a row technically so it's pretty good to be me yeah, we should we should discuss that that backdoor. And this is the thing: if you're betting Monday Night Football, all that yeah. money's coming to the market Monday. And if there's a heavy favorite, if there's a public favorite, you got to take it the day before because Seattle was available at five and a half all day Sunday. Minimum day before, if not ahead of time. Yeah, because if you have a team like Seattle and Philly, you know where all that money's going to go. You got to take. If you're waiting on Philly again, yeah, you obviously wait until all the money comes in on Seattle, but. That, that line was available for a long time, and it's tough to, like, you know, lose a game like that. But day of betting especially – and this is why I don't get how people win betting day of in, in the NFL on anything because it's like the lines are so – there's so much money already put onto it. It's so tight to, to decide where you're going with it. But, uh, yeah, really, especially with Monday night like that, if you see a team who's going to gonna get a bunch of money, do what Anthony did, the sharp over here. Make sure you take it on a, in a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Even up to Saturday would have been good. Exactly. Yeah, it was a really good move I made. I don't know how many I'll have left, but I can always hang my hat on picking Seattle Monday night on Thursday. <sighs> I guess we'll move into our uh, picks this week. Theo, what do you got? Anthony, you want to go first? You're the, you're the genius right now. <laughs> if you insist. Let Tony I'll kick go, it up. I'll go first. Okay, so uh, what are my bets? So. I like Jacksonville Jaguars plus 10 against the Minnesota Vikings. We know the Minnesota Vikings are they not good at laying points, really not that good of a team. Um, Jacksonville, I know, has lost 10 games in a row, but they covered last week against Cleveland, and this is a very exploitable secondary. Uh, Mike, I like this Glennon, man. This guy, Mike Glennon. Glennon? He's, Glennon? Yeah. That's the Gruden. That's what Gruden said. It's a Gruden, Gruden thing. Okay. So I'm a Gruden grinder. So the Oakland Raiders is not the team I'm talking about. I'm talking about Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think they're going to be able to put up points on Minnesota, and they're going to cover the 10 points. That's just a really way too many points for the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, the other one I have 
is uh, the Los Angeles Rams. They're playing the Cardinals. As we've seen, Kyler Murray has problems uh, with his shoulder. And, I, and Cliff Kingsbury is not a good coach. Uh, the Rams' defense is really good. They lost last week to San Francisco, but I'm not going to overreact to that because San Francisco's kind of had their number the last couple of years. And this is a good bounce-back spot, taking the better coach, the better defense. Um, yeah, I like the Rams. Those are two plays. Oh, thank you. I, I like both those plays. Damn bad. Now I feel even worse about going back. Tony's like turning into a sharp over here, and I'm just fucking falling apart. Deal. What are your picks this week? So, yeah, me and, me and Anthony took the Rams. I took the Rams at one and a half right off the open. Um, you looked at this. Anthony mentioned it with the um, how San Francisco owns the Rams. I think I think I had that as lean last week. I had it written down as at least. I didn't take it. Um, but that's just a spot where San Francisco plays L.A. well. Opposite spot here. If you look at the numbers with the Rams against the Cardinals, McVay against the Cardinals, it's complete opposite. They own the Cardinals. Uh, you have a spot where, again, Kyler, is he hurt? Is he not? It doesn't matter because if they're going to call the game like they did last week, if he's not going to run, who cares? They're not going to be able to do much on offense, especially against this great defense. Um, you got, I think, isn't Larry on the COVID list? Yeah, Larry's, I don't know if that's a huge deal, but it does take away a weapon for them. Uh, you do have Jalen who can take another receiver out of the game. So I don't see how, how the Cardinals do well on offense in this game. Um yeah, so I think if you can get it under three, I don't know if it's still. I think it's at three now. But I, yeah. you know, even with Whitworth injury, I don't think that the Cardinals are a team that exploits that properly with the pass yeah. rush. So go with the Cardinals or go with the Rams in that spot under three. If you get it at three, again, maybe half your half your. You know, I'm not as big on it, but still, I, I would take it at that number. Minus uh, three, and so it's gonna like that makes me think it's gonna drop. Really Plus soon. one, yeah, you can get it at a, yeah, you you can get it at a two and a half then for minus it's one. It's drop soon, so yeah, exactly. Uh, the next one, Titans and Browns over fifty three and a half. Uh, again, the uh, you look at this game on the outset, you say both teams run, they're not going to score. It's not really the case with Tennessee, especially they gash teams who can't stop the run. They get big chunk plays, and with Cleveland and their defensive injuries or defensive ineptitudes all over. Tennessee is going to be able to do what they want on offense. I would have liked a four or maybe even a lower. I would have probably laid it with Tennessee. Number got away from me. Don't really want to lay it at six. I like the over in this spot because I do think even with Cleveland, their offense is getting a little bit better recently. I think they're going to be able to score on this Tennessee defense. I'm very big on betting against Tennessee's defense. They're not a good defense. They won't, don't rush the passer well. Uh, they don't do anything. Gonna, no, they don't do anything on defense. And Baker's going to blow up eventually, but this will not be the week. So over 53 and a half, I would take it at 54, but after that, you're getting a little bit, I don't like it as much. Uh, Jacksonville Vikings, I added an over 50 and a half. I tweeted it right away on Sunday night. Uh, again, most people who didn't take it there, I don't like it at the number now, but I do think if you miss the over there, Anthony's Jacksonville plus 10 is very live. I think you there was a plus 10 and a half open, maybe either was it earlier today or yesterday, but... I think that the, uh, the the Jags are in a really good spot to score a lot of points in this game. And if you are on an over in this game or if you're on Jacksonville, you're basically saying the same game script. Jacksonville is going to be able to keep up with Minnesota. Minnesota's defense stinks. Minnesota can score, though. So 
against a really bad Jacksonville defense, you're going to have Jacksonville, a team with Glennon who is going to be able to score at least a little bit with them and keep it within the number. I think either Jacksonville plus 10 or the over 15 and a half, which is what I'm on, should be the play in that game. Uh, Raiders minus seven and a half. It's at eight now. I think it's still bettable. This should probably be up over 10 just based on the Raiders losing last week. I think it's what's keeping this kind of low. I'm not too concerned about it because I said what was going to happen in that Raiders game. The Raiders were going to struggle, uh, feeling themselves a little too much on the road in a, in a really weird time spot for them. Against an elite defense. Against an elite defense. Getting, getting points on the road, which which didn't make any sense how the line moved from a pick last week to a three. So I think the Jets have been getting respect by the market last two weeks. They've been covering other than last week. So the market hasn't really, like, been too much against them and going this spot I think this is a spot where you take the Raiders I think they win by double digits and if you can get it under 10 I think I might, you bet it they're probably a good teaser spot too if, you, if it goes a little higher too I you might jump on it right now it's at minus 9 plus 100 it's up to minus 9 minus 9 plus 100 oh shit I saw that minus 8 earlier okay well take it now then it was minus 8 then 8 and a half I think right when we started recording and it's gone up to minus 9 but it, like at plus 100 it's probably going to drop back to 8 and a half we record these right when injury reports come out too on Thursday, so it's kind of like start awful. around four. So the problem is, is exactly like by by this point, we have the injury reports. And if I disappear for seconds, because I'm literally about to go take this and add this to my card. All right. As we wait, uh, continue as I uh, be a degenerator. Yeah. yeah so again, I. What'd you say? You shouldn't take the Raiders. Because you of the fade card. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe I'm jinxing Theo here. Oh, yeah. I forgot you're the new guy. But uh, that was the worst the Raiders are going to play all year. I know it's kind of concerning after that spot, but this is the perfect bounce back spot against a defense where even if Jacobs isn't in, they're going to throw the ball. They're going to be able to, to get so many yards in the Jets, and I think that you, you lay them under 10. And hopefully, you know, when people see this, it's still under 10. Uh, the last one is probably the ugliest bet I've made since Atlanta, plus three, which turned out to be my best play of the year. Broncos plus 14. Me and Tony discussed this Sunday night. We were, we were talking, and I texted him. I'm just like, we're going to have to bet Broncos plus 13 and a half, are we? Before, this is before the number opened. And Anthony's yep. like, probably. And and it opened at 13 and a half, got bet up to 14. I got a plus 14 at minus 110. I took it. Um, based on the fact it's what I said about Kansas City all year, we saw the backdoor last week. Kansas City defensively is not good offensively, they're good when they want to be. When they want to pound the shit out of a team, they'll pound the shit out of a team. What's he doing? I can't see him, remember? So I don't oh, even know. I thought he was uh, okay. interrupted. <laughs> so, what were they saying? Yeah, Kansas City. Offensively, they're good when they want to be. This spot, why the fuck is Kansas City going to want to blow up the, the Broncos in a, in a spot like this? They're really, like, I think the Broncos, especially their garbage time offense, is good enough to at least backdoor this game. But I do think offensively they're good enough to, with the quarterbacks back, they're going to be able to score at least a little bit on Kansas City. I think the fact that the Broncos played with no quarterback last week and what happened happened is what's keeping this line a little bit up in Kansas City's favor. I think it should probably be closer to 10. So if you get it at a 14, I don't like it much under that. So this isn't a big, like, hey, bet the Broncos are great. It's just a, you know, the number is a little too high. And a couple of leans we'll, we'll just go through quickly. I was leaning the Saints under three. The line moved because of the Julio news, I think. The 
I think yeah, he didn't practice again. Not practicing today. Is that is girl, that girly too? I don't know if, what their status are going to be. Janoris Jenkins was a little concern for the Saints. I think if Julio plays and he doesn't, that's a big problem for them. Um, I, I still would lean the Saints. I might take it. We'll see how that injury report progresses through the week. And then uh, another play that Steve will be telling you about, I'm not going to get into it much because of what happened last week, but I, I lean on the Chargers money line just based on the numbers in this game and the fact that it should not be where it is. So I'll let Steve discuss that further. Yeah, um, I guess, yeah, we'll jump right. Well, first things first, I took the Raiders minus nine plus 100. We just, Theo spent a good amount of time explaining why that's happening to the point where he convinced me to take it. So on to this Patriots at Chargers. Yeah, I took the Chargers money line. I was watching this and I it, it kept dropping. So I kind of wanted to see how low it would get. And I took it at this to have it before the podcast. And I might double down if it gets the plus money. And it's not that I feel that great about the Chargers. It's more the Patriots aren't very good. You know what I mean? Bill Belichick is coaching his way into, like, this is why he's the GOAT. But the thing is, all of their wins have come at home. So what's going to happen? Like, they're on the road. I know the Chargers don't have, they don't, there's no one in the stadiums. And yeah, they don't really have a home team anyways, but it's, there seems to be a difference when teams go into New England as opposed to New England on the road, and there doesn't seem to be the same type of fear there. Now, again, Anthony Lynn being Anthony Lynn terrifies me, especially considering Anthony Lynn, you know, used to be a coordinator in Buffalo, and he got the shit kicked out of him by the Patriots on a regular basis. So that terrifies me, and just the fact that I'm 0-7 terrifies me, and the fact that I'm trusting this. But when I look at it, the Chargers just have so much more talent than the Patriots do, and they really should be able to win here. Again, Belichick's record against rookie quarterbacks terrifies me. But this isn't a normal Belichick team. This isn't Bill with all of his weapons. This defense hasn't been great. Stephon Gilmore, who is one of the best corners in football, hasn't been very good this year. Maybe it was COVID. He did get COVID. Same thing with Cam. Cam looked good, got COVID, hasn't looked good since. So we don't know if they're broken or if we don't know if they're still recovering from something. All that together, though, this Chargers team has too much talent. They should be able to win here. And to be able to just take their money line at minus 105, I kind of had to do it. I, I felt like I had to do it. Now, again, just the way that I've been, feel free to fade me. Just, just It's fine because that's the way this has been. <sighs> Sucks. And the other one that terrifies me because it's the way the line is dropped, but I locked this in at minus one, it's Buffalo. I took Buffalo. Uh, it's the Monday nighter. Uh, the Bills are going to San Fran to take on for well, actually they're going to Arizona to take on the 49ers because there's no contact football contact sports in general allowed in the county where they play that's a whole another thing so it's not really a Niners home game it's really a neutral site it's a neutral site game and again there's not many people in the stands it's not like these have been real home games but you've seen teams it's weird the comfort of being at home you know what I mean that's still a real thing so both of these teams are really on the road in this situation. And Josh Allen's ankle worries me. It does. And the Bills not being the best run defense and the Niners with Mostert back being a good running team. But the Niners are just, like, their defense is decimated. Like, yeah, Richard Sherman came back and he had a couple of picks last week. Or he had one pick. Yeah. Okay, cool. I just... I don't think they have enough weapons to keep up with the Bills. And if Josh Allen can't run around, 
Josh Allen's still a good passing quarterback. You know what I mean? He can still do it. Fourth quarter, Josh Allen, it's a little dicey. It's not been great the last few weeks. And again, it's just my luck. It's been bad. You can feel free to, to, to fade me. It's fine. But I like the Buffalo Bills here. I just think they're the better team. I just genuinely think they're the better team here. And I might have issues with Sean McDermott. And I like Kyle Shanahan as an offensive coordinator. Sean McDermott might be the better head coach. So if I'm going to take the talent and the better head coach. Is I John Brown to... playing? No, he's on IR. Oh. Well, okay. you can't take the better head coach there and then say, Anthony Lynn, here's my money. No, they said the combination of the better head coach okay. and, and, and. I know, more. I agree with you. I'll probably do the same thing. I'm just saying, yeah. Yeah. No, no, the Anthony Lynn thing terrifies me because it's Anthony Lynn versus Bill Belichick, but it's like I'm going to take all of the talent on the Chargers to outdo the talent on the oh. Patriots. And again, the Patriots being on the road, being so bad on the road. So just, just, ah, uh, God. What would just, the spread be if they change coaches? For a day, if Belichick was coaching the Chargers and Lynn was coaching the Patriots, oh, like 10. 10? That would be seven. Think about all be of the seven on that Chargers team and their defense if the defense is healthy. If it's if the defense is as hurt as it is, I don't know. But if that defense is healthy with the corners and like Hayward and like Harris Jr. and Bosa and like if, if Melvin Ingram, if they're all good and the linebackers that are banged up. Denzel Perryman is a great coverage middle. You give Bill all of those. You give Bill one of the Bosa brothers, and I'm pretty sure that dude's getting 25 sacks. You know what I mean? Like, if you gave Bill that kind of talent, that's why I'm saying 10 points, because this Patriots team is a bad team, and you take away the good head coach, and then you put all of those weapons with the Chargers, because you know Bill would get a good offensive coordinator, because he'd handle the defense and get somebody to handle the offense, and it would be good. No, the so, what if Chargers are the best team in the NFL? They win every Super Bowl. Well, again, so the best teaser team in the NFL. Yeah, ten and one on the teaser. Yes, I've talked about this now for multiple weeks in a row. I don't know what it is about the Chargers, and again, saying this is is not great for my bet, but they have Hall of Fame players change like different players, different coaches, different quarterbacks, different general manager, different everything. They're in a different fucking city. Different uniforms. And they still find a way to have the most heartbreaking losses on the face of the planet. But yes, this is a team I just bet money on. So yeah. I'm very the fake card is the fake card is live and well, but I'm betting it, these. I want every one of your picks. Hopefully that's around. So I'm gonna pull you out or I'm gonna get dragged back in with you. And Anthony, yeah. if he's the only fucking winner on this show, we're fucked. This this oh show is canceled. Yeah, I was about to say, then we just quit. And we don't have the week 14. <laughs> it's over. We'll, we'll just have Tony on the podcast. All year. It's been basically you guys have been good or I've been good for most of the way. And then recently it's kind of changed. But it's, we're never all, other than like week one, we've like week never one all been defeated the best. Yeah, that was fun. We, we needed that energy back. Yeah, I hope so. But those are my picks this week. Uh, Tony, you had some fantasy advice to dole out to the people. Uh, yeah. Um, Will Fuller, we know, is out because he's doing steroids or whatever. Uh, so is another guy on the team. The Houston Texans are a bad organization all around. And they're, uh, they're, they're really going to go in the tank now. And you might think that, oh, I'm going to find some. I'm going to find Kiki, QK or whatever. One of yeah. these guys will 
Aikens, the the tight end, I'll pick. They're going to do better now. I honestly don't think either any of them are going to be good. It's and even Cooks and uh, Watson, they're going to be downgraded too. Will Fuller is that big of a difference maker? He's he was their number one. Player. He was yeah. their number one. Yeah, even like last year when they had Hopkins, like you would see their record with Fuller and without him, like it was drastic the difference that he made. So like I don't think this team is the offense going to be really bad. And I would like go fade the Houston Texans the rest of the way in pretty much every way. Um, but I have a positive fantasy thing. Antonio Brown had a real dud last week against Kansas City. He only had three targets, only caught two passes and nothing really. But I'm saying that they're, they're on by right now. And there are definitely people who are going to cut them, might have to cut them for the race of the playoffs. But Antonio Brown, his schedule the rest of the season is uh really good they do play the falcons though so twice that that might be the only they play the falcons twice yeah Uh, once isn't going to be in the fantasy season though because it's week 17 yeah one yeah in the semifinals you have to redo numbers anthony they play carol i'm pretty sure they play carolina no no they don't They, they play minnesota off the bye Go to Atlanta and Detroit. So that schedule is pretty nice for Antonio Brown. And we know, you know, Tom Brady is putting everything out there, putting his like reputation on the line to get Antonio Brown the football. As much as Bruce Arians doesn't want to do it, in these games against the lesser secondaries, he's going to be able to put up the numbers. So if someone cuts him for whatever reason, you should go get him. One thing we actually didn't talk about before the podcast that I need to ask Tony about since he's our uh, resident Colts guy. When did the whole two-quarterback thing become a thing in Indy? It's been going on for a couple of weeks. Jacoby's the the Wildcat guy, whatever. And it's uh Jacoby Brissett is not exactly situation. like a fleet of foot quarterback to be the Wildcat quarterback. It's worked. He's got a couple of touchdowns. Like, that happened last week, but... I know it doesn't it doesn't make any like just looking at Jacoby Brissett, it doesn't make sense. But it's just um Frank Reich is not very good for fantasy managers. You've seen throughout the season. He's even said it himself that he's sorry to the fantasy guys, but what we're doing works. As far as the running back rotation, the tight end rotation, now you have Jacoby Brissett stealing goal line touchdowns. Like you can't really trust anyone fantasy wise. Like, Jonathan Taylor was supposed to be his year, especially when Mac went down. Yep. Hasn't been the case at all. Uh, you think Moali Cox is a tight end. He's going to be a beast. Oh, Trey Burton's going to have a couple of weeks here. Like, it's – you never really know. But what I do know is the Colts are a good football team, and that's what I'm ha- the most happy about. But is, fantasy-wise, you can't really can't really trust anyone. Is Frank Reich jealous of the QB factory? Um, that's probably what it is. And also, Tony, good team. Did you did you watch what happened last week? Was ugly. Just Derek, a long game. The Force Buckner is like the most valuable player in the world. Derrick Henry made the Colts his bitch. I mean, DeForest Buckner makes a big difference. That was a known thing, and Costanzo went down, so that's a big loss too. But I mean, two weeks ago, the Colts beat them pretty handily too. So they're pretty that's evenly matched teams, teams CD, which is cool. something that. I knew going in. I knew they were both very evenly matched teams. They both got a win during the season. So hopefully the Colts take care of business the rest of the way. It'd be better if they got the division. Um, but yeah, Frank Reich and me have the same birthday, which is tomorrow. So an early happy birthday to Frank 
and to me, my favorite coach. I'd wow. bet the fuck out of the Texans if Fuller was playing. Well, the locals yeah. are very shorthanded. So, it, yeah, with by them, the numbers, it would make sense to take with, the points. With no, them. I just bet the money line. Yeah, no okay. chance. Well, no chance I'd take that. <sighs> Your money. <laughs> Fucking Vegas tout over here. We should probably wrap up now. We're at 40 minutes. I would just say. Uh, anything else you boys wanted to get to before we wrap? No, just follow my Twitter for the official plays. It'll be in the description and all of our Twitters for our final plays. Because this it's still Thursday. Some stuff's locked in. The plays we gave are locked in, but the leans and shit, we see new things during the week and add stuff. So keep and a lookout for that. Me and uh, Theo blog our picks. Theo does it uh, on Saturday mornings. I have it out uh, Sunday morning first thing. And we write down, we give you a, a pretty in-depth explanation of what we what we think and why and why we're going with these picks. So that's been week 13 of the Toronto on tilt football podcast. Once again, you can find our website, Toronto You can find our Twitter at Toronto on tilt. You can find the video of this podcast on YouTube, Toronto on tilt, like comment, subscribe, share with your friends. Uh, at the same time, if you want to listen to us, the audio version is available on all streaming services anchor spotify google apple all of the places so you can like you can comment on the podcast subscribe to the podcast definitely do that but until next time send anthony money for all your winners sorry i had to interrupt yeah exactly tony's the sharp now so you know you owe him i don't know you guys are upset about I'm not upset. I'm happy for you. I'm glad you're winning. I, I mean, texted you. Congratulations. I thought we were supporting each other. I don't know why. I was so. the first one to tell you congratulations. I'm happy for you. Uh-huh. I'm giving yeah. you a plug for your PayPal. You need the fucking you need the money. The, the government checks Shut aren't coming anymore. Oh man. I'm Steve Artabello with Anthony Harris and Theo Giordano. Till next time. See ya.